All right, everybody, let's grab our Bibles and let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Last week, we started looking at what does it mean to forgive others? So we're in this part of the Lord's Prayer as we continue to look at understanding this most significant of prayers, the Lord's instruction in, in what to pray for. And so we're here on this fifth request. Uh, what does it mean to forgive others? Now, just like we looked at last week, forgiveness in, in general, there's a, there's a lot of definitions about what it means to forgive others. People can, you know, set their own sort of standard for forgiveness and say, oh, I've forgiven them or, or set forgiveness as this. But, but again, we don't care what the world thinks that forgiveness is. We want to see what the Bible says. And we have a, a pretty good biblical definition for forgiving, uh, forgiving others. A simple definition is to leave, leave behind the debt you're owed for sin done to you. So someone sins against you, they owe you, someone's done something that that, that you deserve to, you know, to be paid back for how they treated you. But it is to say, hey, I'm not going to demand this debt. I'm not going to demand payment uh, even though I could. So, again, it's not ignoring sin. It's not denying there's a debt owed to you. Uh, it's not this fake forgiveness that the world is laying out either. It is looking sin square in the face, looking the debt that you're owed right in the eye and saying, You have wronged me, you've sinned against me, you owe me, but I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm not going to demand that that debt be repaid. That's what it means to forgive others. That's what it means to that that taking away, that bearing away of debt uh, that we saw as parallel to what Jesus does for us uh, on the cross. So that's what forgiving others is. Uh, Now we're going to see not only is it important that we understand what forgiving others is, it's important for us to actually do it. Okay? So it's one thing for us to go around and say, hey, do you know what forgiving others is biblically? Uh, and they're like, uh, no, I guess you want to tell me. And you're like, yeah, I can. I can show you all the scripture. And then show, tell people what forgiving others is, but not actually be people who do forgive others. And so that's what we want to do. We want to see, we want to understand what a biblical picture of forgiving others is. Because if we're saying, Father, forgive us our debts as we've also have forgiven our debtors, we better know what we're saying that we're doing. And we want to understand how important it is, not just that we be forgiven, but how important it is biblically that you and I be a people who excel at forgiving others when they sin against us. It is going to be absolute. I don't think today we're going to walk away and go, it seems like I could go one way or the other in terms of forgiving others. It may be, maybe forgiving others isn't my spiritual gift. Uh, I'm more of an encourager. Uh, you know, this guy's more of the forgiver over here. We're going to see that forgiving others, that doing this, that looking at someone sins against you, they have wronged you in a big way. They owe you. And being a people who can take that debt and not demand that it be paid, unlike this world, that we can take that debt that we are owed and fling it behind us, that we can live it, bear it away, and not hold it against that person. That's something that we're going to see. We can only do in Christ, but it's something that we're going to see in Christ, we absolutely must do. And so that's what we're looking at today. Why is it important that we forgive others? Why is forgiving others, this doing what we looked at last week, why is that something that is absolutely essential for you and I to do and to do we're going to see very, very well. The Bible's not going to set a low bar for us in forgiving others. Uh, it's going to set a very high bar and then tell us, and you've got to meet that, that if you are Christ, you will 
uh, meet that. So let's uh, stand in the honor of reading God's word. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. We'll begin uh, in verse 9. Uh, and we'll read this Lord's Prayer again, and then we'll, uh, we'll look at why forgiving others is so important for us as Christians to make sure that we do. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we come here today, God, for you. Today, this is the Lord's day. This is about you. We're here for you. We're not here for ourselves. We're not wondering how other people are going to make us feel or how we're going to feel from our time here, Father. We're, we're here to rejoice in you, to be a body that you have gathered together, that you have knit together, that we might, uh, you know, be your image bearers here on earth. Father, I pray that as we're worshiping you, as we are exalting you, that God, you will be honored in our worship. And Father, one of the ways we want to honor you is by not just reading your word, but, but hearing it and obeying it. And so, Father, I pray that you would bless us. We who, who are too often, Father, callous to your word. We've heard it many times for much of our lives. And, and we've just maybe grown a little soft to obedience to it. Father, I pray that you would help take our thoughts captive to obedience to you. That, Father, you would uh, fix all of our thoughts, all of our hearts on you today. That we might know how we might worship you in obedience. That you would be our God and we would be your people. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. So the, the, let's look at why is it so important that we forgive? How do we know that forgiving others is going to be an, a, very, a very important part of the Christian life? How do we know this isn't just a, another, another thing? What makes forgiving others something that all of us must absolutely do? How do we know forgiving others is important? The first way we know that forgiving others is important is actually going to come from the prayer itself, the structure of the prayer itself here in Matthew chapter 6. Just looking at just if you just had Matthew 6 here, you're going to see the supreme importance of forgiving others just in the very structure of the prayer. If you're reading through the Lord's Prayer, we get to this fifth request. And if you're just noticing just the way the pattern of the prayer is gone, you'll notice that this fifth request stands out a little bit. It stands out a little different. And unlike when we talked about give us this day our daily bread, which stands out if you know the Greek, but in the English doesn't really stand out. This one stands out even in the English. Because when you're looking at it, what do you see here? Well, we're going to see there, there are two differences in this, in the structure of the prayer here. Two differences about this request compared to all the others that are going to show us this is of absolute importance. And the first one we see actually in verse 12. Look at what it says. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, this is the only part in, in all the requests, in all the things we ask of the Lord, all of the prayers. This is the only time that it talks about our job to do what we're asking God to do. It's, I mean, think about it. There's no holify your name as we holify your name. I mean, he certainly could have said that. I mean, he certainly could have. Certainly, we want to be people 
who holify the name of God, who make hallowed the name of God. There's not going to be in just a second when we get next, I say next week, that's being very optimistic. If we get there in a couple weeks, there's not going to be, you know, don't lead us into temptation as we also do not lead others into temptation, which again, you shouldn't be someone who leads people into temptation. That should go without saying. You shouldn't have to say, well, it doesn't say in the Lord's Prayer not to lead people into temptation. Uh, so it seems kind of open for interpretation. Uh, it's very clear. We want to be people who holify the name of God. We want to be people who do His will. We want to be people who don't lead others into temptation. We, sh- we, we should be doing all of these requests ourselves already. So the fact that this of all requests makes the point of saying, as we we also have forgiven our debtors. The fact that this one points out the, our added responsibility, the fact that the pattern is broken in this request, just as you're reading the Lord's Prayer, it should, your eyes should recognize there's something different about this one. Jesus setting up this pattern, 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 pattern with a change. And then back to pattern, pattern. There's something in this that should make you go, all right, there, it's, it's pointing out something at least different here structurally. So our eyes should already be saying, he's making a point about forgiving others, even as he's structuring this prayer. So, so again, even if you just had just this prayer, you'd be able to say there's something important about us making sure that we are a forgiving people. Uh, because he points out and makes sure as we also uh, have forgiven uh, uh, our debtors. But that's not the only, that's not the only thing from the prayer. So there are going to be two things. One is that you have this in the prayer. But the second thing is the structure right past the prayer. The verses that immediately follow the Lord's prayer. So let's read, let's read Matthew 6, 9 through 15. So we're going to read the Lord's Prayer and then what Jesus talks about immediately after the Lord's Prayer. He says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now the, now the verses right after it, verse 14, 4. If you forgive others their trespass. So after Jesus finished his prayer, the first thing he talks about to them is for, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So Jesus says, hey, guys, I'm going I'm to teach you to pray. When you pray, pray like this. Ask these things from God. But, it, but right after he finishes that prayer, He goes straight into the subject of all the subjects. He doesn't go into the importance of of holifying the name of God. He doesn't go into the importance of the the will of God or the kingdom. Or He doesn't start talking about those things. What, What immediately does he remind them of? Hey, we just finished the prayer. Let me tell you how important it is. You better be forgiving people. Let me tell you how important it is to forgive. He doesn't elaborate on the kingdom. He doesn't elaborate on God's will or, or, or being tempted. He doesn't, he elaborates. So we've got already in verse 12, something that makes us go, why is he highlighting us forgiving? And then right after the prayer, he makes sure to let you know, yeah, 
it is very important that we be a forgiving people. In fact, right after finishing the prayer, that's what I'm going to ask you. Jesus just said, hey, ask God to holify his name. Ask God for his kingdom to come. Ask God for his will to be done. Ask for your daily bread. Ask for him to forgive you. Ask for him to not lead you into temptation. Ask for him to deliver you from evil because we've got to forgive others. Because we've got, not, not, not because, again, not because the holiness of his name isn't that important. Not because his kingdom isn't important. All of those things are important. But what Jesus focuses on in verse 14 is the importance for us to be forgiving others. And that has to mean something. It has to mean something. Jesus is not just, he's not, he, it's not just random for him to bring up both in the prayer and then immediately after the prayer to say in this prayer, the importance of you and I as believers to be people who are forgiving others. So if all we had, if all you had in all of scripture was the Lord's prayer and then what Jesus says immediately after it, we would have ample reason just in that cluster of verses to say, Forgiving others is very, very important. But we're going to see we've got much more than that. We've got much more than that in Scripture that's going to tell us that forgiving others is an absolutely essential part of the Christian life. The first thing that we're going to see uh, here beyond just the structure, how important is it to forgive other Christians? Forgiving others is, is assumed to be a natural part of the Christian life. That, uh, that forgiving others is natural to the Christian life. Look at verse 12 again. Let's look at specifically how Jesus words this prayer. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now we often look at this prayer and we, we read it as if Jesus is saying, or as if we're asking, if you forgive me, forgive us our debt. So if you forgive me, I promise that I will start forgiving others. Kind of like that desert sort of prayer. If you save me, uh, I'll never miss church again. You know, you're out on the road driving and everything's slick. And you're like, Lord, you know, what do you start thinking about? I haven't been to church enough. I'm That's what I'm going to do. I promise. You know, if you save me, I'll start doing this. But that's not what's going on here. It's not him saying, this isn't a pledge on our part. If you forgive me, I, you know, scout's honor, which used to have a whole lot more honor attached to it. Uh, I scout's honor promise that I will forgive others. That's not what's going on. This isn't, this isn't us saying we will forgive if you forgive us. This is us saying forgive us as we already have forgiven others. It's us saying, God, do to us what we're already doing. Now, let, let, me, warn, let, this, let me warn you. We can get sort of a totem-esque sort of idea of this prayer where we just kind of recite it by rote and we don't think about the words that we're saying. Let me, let me warn you. This part in the Lord's Prayer is perhaps the most dangerous part of the Lord's Prayer because it's the only one that that isn't just saying what we'll do or what we want. It's a part of the prayer where we say we are already doing this. The reason I say it's dangerous is because you run the chance of praying this prayer and lying in the middle of the prayer. Because if we ask for forgiveness, but we're not forgiving others their debts against us, 
If we say, Father, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And there's a whole line of debtors going, I got a bunch of IOUs here uh, that you're waiting for. So I don't know where this forgiveness is coming from. This can be a very dangerous part of the prayer because we'll be lying. If we say, God, please, Father, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And God goes, you're not forgiving your debtors. You're not forgiving the people. You've got a ton of grudges. You've got a, you know, you tell me not to keep a, I tell you not to keep a record of wrongs. And you've got like Excel spreadsheets worth of ways that people have wronged you. You know, annotate. I mean, you keep the best record of wrongs I've ever seen. And yet we come and we say, Father, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There's a danger there that we could, in fact, be lying to God if we are not Honestly, forgiving others their debts against us. Now, why is it in there? Why, can, why does Jesus add this? Because it is assumed that you and I will be forgiving others. We're going to see why it's assumed. We're going to see that it is a natural part of the Christian life. It's assuming that we're already in the business of forgiving others. That when we talk about forgiving others, this isn't going to be something that we as Christians go, you know, I've never done that. I've never even had a desire to forgive others. This is a part of our being born again and a part of us being forgiven is just a natural inclination for us to mirror the cross in our forgiving of one another. So forgiveness, how important is forgiveness? Jesus is assuming that forgiveness is something we're already doing, that it's a natural part of the Christian life. He doesn't say, Father, forgive us our debts as some of the best among us are forgiving, you know, their debtors. Uh, It's assumed this is something we can all pray. This is something that, that every believer is naturally supposed to be doing and, in fact, is doing. So when we pray, Father, forgive us uh, as, uh, forgive us our debts, uh, as we forgive our debtors, we're, we're asking for God to do to us what we're already supposed to be doing to others. So the, the one thing we've got to make sure is when you pray that prayer that you can actually say that and mean it. That you can say it and not have to have your fingers crossed behind your back. Or that you can't say it and go, Ugh. And let me, let me encourage you, if you do say that, if you do say as, you know, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and you feel a tinge of guilt that you know there's a debt you haven't forgiven, trust the inclination of the Spirit and forgive that person. Like, work out why you can't pray that in honesty. If you're saying, as we also forgiven our debtors, and you're going, fix that. Don't just look at it and lament, and don't just start skipping. Don't just start skipping that part of the prayer. Like, I'm, I'm just going to hold on to the debt, so I'll just skip that one. Like, deal with that. Repent and obey the Lord. That's the easiest thing to do if it, because it's going to come naturally. It's going to be a downhill thing because the spirit is the one convicting you to do it. So don't, don't buy into this, you know, human psychology sort of thing that says, I'm just not a forgiving person or I'm just a hard hearted or I'm someone that holds great. Don't buy into that. Forgive. Why? Because it is now a natural part of you, but it's not natural. You're right. It's not to you, but it is with the spirit in you. And we're going to see just, just how important it's got to be for, for the Christian. So that's what we're doing when we say that. But there are other reasons, other reasons even outside of the Lord's Prayer uh, that we can see forgiving others is important for the Christian life. So we see it within the the, the structure of the Lord's Prayer. We see that it's assumed that it's a natural part of the Christian life. The next thing we're going to see is that 
you, how important is it to forgive? You and I must forgive in order for us to be forgiven. How important is it? If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive others. Now, how can I say that? Well, that's just literally what Jesus says. Because look down at verse 14. What does Jesus say in verse 14? If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So here again, if you want to be forgiven. So if you forgive others, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And and the corollary of that is also true because he warns about that. If you don't forgive others, your heavenly father will also not forgive you. That's what verse 15 says. But here we see, we see if, if you want to be forgiven, if you forgive others their trespasses, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, this does not mean, we want to clarify, this does not mean that, you know, Christians are forgiven their sins and forgiving people, you know, forgiving people are also forgiven theirs. This isn't like we're going to get to heaven and there will be Christians and forgiving people. You know, that's not what it's saying, uh, because we already know. What does Acts 10, 42 through 43 tell us? We've already seen forgiveness of sin comes only through belief in Christ. Uh, that Jesus commanded us to preach to the people, testify that he's the one appointed by God to be the judge of living and the dead. Tim, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So what does this mean then? What does it mean When Jesus says, if you forgive others their trespasses, then your heavenly father will also forgive you. Well, the first thing we've got to see is this isn't an uncommon statement for Jesus. This statement here in verse 14 is not something that he just makes here at the end of the Lord's Prayer. And we're going, you know, that's a little interesting. Uh, There's not really a lot said about that. We'll have to try and figure that out. Uh, Jesus actually makes this statement several times in Scripture in several places. For example, Mark chapter 11, verse 25, the one we've looked at a couple times last week. But look at what it says. Whenever, this is Jesus, whenever you stand praying, forgive. You stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone. So if you've got anything against anyone, you forgive. Why? So that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So when you pray, when you ask God for something, then, you know, presumably here in Mark 11, you're asking him to be forgiven. When you're, when you're standing and you're praying, you're asking God, then you need to make sure you forgive anyone anything so that your father may also forgive you. So again, if you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. Forgive so that your father can forgive you. If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. We see the same thing in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 verse 37. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. And then we get not a not, but the pattern switches to what we must instead do. So Judge not, condemn not, but what are we supposed to be doing? Forgive. And what? And you will be forgiven. Again, to be forgiven, what must we do? We must forgive. So the the, the idea here is God, God will forgive you. So, So the statement, if you forgive, God will forgive you. That's got to mean something. Right? Jesus isn't just going to repeat that several times 
and us just go, nah, doesn't really mean anything, just move past it. It has to mean something. And the, the simplest meaning is the easiest. To be forgiven, you must forgive. You must forgive. There's, in other words, there's no place for hypocrisy when it comes to forgiving others. You can't, you and I, we cannot plead and beg for God to forgive us of all the things that we've done to him if we are not willing to forgive someone of what they've done to us. In fact, if you want God to forgive you, you must first forgive those people who have debts against you. And and take these words of Jesus seriously. Don't just say, don't just, we want to be careful of not just rushing to the cross and creating some sort of, you know, antinomianism here. Where we're like, oh, uh, it's just, I can do anything I want to, I got the cross. Jesus, if, if you've got the cross, and if you want the cross, and if you want forgiveness, then you had better forgive others. If you come to God, or you expect God to forgive you of your sins the sins you've committed against him, then you had better make sure that you are forgiving the sins that others have committed against you. That is something Jesus says not once, not twice, but thrice in scripture. Forgive so that you may be forgiven. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And again, you don't think this is a dangerous warning? I mean, I, th- I think when you read these verses, I think that, that verse, verse 14, Mark 11, uh, Mark eleven twenty five, Luke chapter 6, verse 37, I think, that, I think those, those, those verses should scare us. This is a dangerous warning. This is meant to be a dangerous warning for, I mean, you can't read verses 14 and 15 of Jesus, of Jesus talking to the disciples here and go, that's not that scary. If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. If you don't forgive, your father will not forgive you. You cannot read those and look at your life and go, I'm going to do a quick. So we're so good about keeping that record of, of the debts that people have committed against us. We better be really good of knowing any debts that we might be holding on to. We, we should read verses 14 and 15 and not run to see all the people have indebted to us. We better run to verses 14 and 15 and scour our hearts. To see if there is any debt that we might perhaps be hanging on to. Because we cannot plead for God. Forgive me, Father, for what I've done. I know the consequences that could come rolling out of this action. I know all the things that can. I know what it means about what I think about you. I know how it can affect my family. How it can affect my life. Forgive me, Father. We can't say that and then be holding on to debts that others owe us. Jesus says, if you do, you will not be forgiven. I mean, it's like we talked about last week. How, how dangerous is this? How scary is this? We're, we're often not ready to forgive people when what they've done against us isn't even sin. We're not ready to forgive people when they do things we just don't like. You know, we don't even look at it and go, that's a sin. You broke, you know, here's the command. We'll just be mad at people just because. We like a certain thing and they don't like it. And so we hold a, a grudge. Or they say something, we don't like what they said. Is it a sin what they said? Well, not really. But I'm still going to hold a debt against them for what they said. I mean, you want to see how dangerous it is? We don't, even, we don't even forgive people when they don't sin against us. You think it's going to be easy to forgive someone when they actually do sin against you? 
If we'll hold on to debts that they don't even really owe us, you don't think we're going to hold on to debts when they actually do? This is a, and this is why we've got to make sure that we know what forgiveness is biblically and that we're holding ourselves to that biblical standard because if we're not, this is why we painted that picture last week of setting up what is biblical forgiveness because what we're doing, what we're called to do, this call to forgive others is that important. So you better understand what scripture is requiring of you when God says, if you want to be forgiven, then you too must forgive. This is a dangerous, scary thing in our world where we hold grudges, where we're angry, where we're all these things so easily, so flippantly. And the world actually encourages those things. You know, let it out, sister, on Facebook, you know, or whatever. The world is going to encourage you to hold on to your grudges. The world is going to encourage you to cancel people who have wronged you. And the scripture comes to you and says, no, you forgive them when they sin against you. So ask yourself, are you holding on to any grudges? Are you holding on to any ill feelings toward another believer that you will not let go? That you're going to hold on to until you get what you think you deserve. You know, they might have said something offhand or you thought they said something offhand or it's the way they kind of acted has been off or whatever. And so you're like, you have hurt me. And so I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to kind of give you the cold shoulder or kind of think these thoughts about you until you make it right. Are you waiting to get what is owed? Are you, you know, whether it's fixed feelings or, you know, them groveling at your feet and saying, you know, I am so sorry if I've wronged you in any way, you know, whatever it is, and pleading with you and you standing there imperiously and saying, thou art forgiven. You know, what are you waiting for? If you are, if you are holding on to grudges and debts, especially of things that are not sin then you cannot expect to be forgiven of your own sins when you go to the Father. If you know you are not forgiving others and you know a debt that you're holding on to, though you should not, then you cannot come to the Father and expect to be forgiven if you will not forgive others. Why? Because what is he saying? Someone who has truly been forgiven Someone who has truly been forgiven cannot not forgive. I hate to use the double negative, but I liked it. A person who's been truly forgiven cannot not forgive others. If you want to word it positively, it's impossible for a true Christian not to forgive everyone who does anything against them. That's just stealing from Mark 11. What does you say in Mark 11? You know, as you, as you're, if you stand praying, uh, forgive if anyone has done anything against you, right? Uh, anyone, anything, forgive. A true Christian, it's impossible for us not to forgive everyone who does anything. Not to forgive anybody who does anything. A forgiven person will forgive. Stop. End of sentence. A forgiving person will forgive. It's impossible to be someone who has been forgiven and not forgive others. Now, it's possible to be tempted not to forgive them. Otherwise, we wouldn't have these warnings in Scripture, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't have Jesus telling us, hey, there's a dangerous temptation here. Make sure as you're just reading off the Lord's Prayer, you're just running through the Lord's Prayer. Make sure you get to this and you realize the importance of you actually forgiving others and not just saying, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. You're still holding on to a bunch of debts. 
Make sure it is that important. If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. If you do not forgive, then your father will not forgive you. 14 and 15. So Christian, you better, you, I mean, you'd better strike the words, I can't forgive them from your vocabulary. There are things I tell people, Christians and, and, and couples and whatever. I say, don't ever say this. There's never a situation where this phrase should come out of your mouth. Uh, and this is something that a Christian should never, even in their most dire of moments, ever mouth the words, I can't forgive them. Because Jesus says, you must be ready to forgive anybody, anything. If that person isn't anybody, then you must forgive them. If that person has done in anything, then you must forgive them. There's no one that we can set ourselves up and say, I just cannot forgive them. Those are dangerous words. They stand in defiance of Christ's commands. That anyone who has done anything, you must forgive them. There's no exemption. There's no free pass. I don't have to forgive that person because what they did was really, really bad. You must forgive anybody, anything. Jesus in Mark 11 could have easily have worded it. If you stand praying, forgive. If people, if certain people have done really bad things to you, or if your best friends have done kind of mean things to you, forgive. What does Jesus say? I mean, it's not shocking that you forgive your friends. What's shocking is when we forgive our enemies. That's what's amazing. That's what's different. Anyone, anything. So how important is forgiving others? If you say, Father, forgive us our debt, those words better not come out of your mouth if you haven't forgiven anyone who's done anything against you. And I, and I, could, I could probably stop right there and go, well, this is obvious, like, at least when I was working on this and, and the, like, just, let the, just let the repentance roll, you know, as you pray this and you're just going, I'm going to check and then double check and then triple check my heart to make sure that I'm, don't, I'm not actually holding a debt to someone. I'm not treating them a different way. I'm not actually holding a grudge against them until they pay me back and some sort of like being really nice to me or doing whatever. Like I'm not holding it against anybody. Even praying, Lord, search my heart and see, is there anybody that has done anything that I will not forgive them? Just out of sheer fear of what? Because I need to be forgiven myself. And you tell me, I must forgive in order to be forgiven. So just if you're praying that, recognize just how important it is to forgive others. If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. So on on the one hand, you've got that. You've got to forgive in order to be forgiven. But in, I mean, I, one of the great things about the Bible is these great biblical paradoxes, right? Uh, where people go, well, that seems like a paradox. And you go, yeah, he's God. Uh, and there are some weird paradoxes. And you go, okay, this is another one that we see in Scripture. You must forgive in order to be forgiven. But the second thing we see in Scripture uh, is that you must forgive because you have been forgiven. Okay, so in order to be forgiven, you must forgive. But scripture also tells us that you must forgive because you have been forgiven. So Jesus tells us if you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. But the Bible also comes back on the other side of that and says that you must forgive because you have been forgiven. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Look at what it says. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. 
forgiving one another, what? As God in Christ forgave you. So here we see Paul's telling the Ephesians how they're supposed to treat one another. And one of the essentials in how Christians are supposed to treat one another is that we are to forgive one another. They must forgive. And why must they forgive? Not to be forgiven like we saw earlier. Here we see they must forgive because they have been forgiven. So in the last passages we read, we said we saw forgive so that then you got these all these future tenses so that you may be forgiven. You will be forgiven. Here we see forgive and he goes past tense because you have been forgiven because God in Christ forgave you. So God forgave you through Christ. So you should forgive, forgive others. We see the same thing. Not surprisingly, if you know Ephesians and Colossians, we did the same thing in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, right in the middle of this great section uh, that is, you know, just an absolutely essential section for biblical counseling, this put off, put on. uh, In Colossians 3, one of the things that Christians are supposed to put on is forgiving one another. So look at verse 13. Uh, bearing with one another, and if anyone, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So we're we're supposed to be putting putting up with one another, you know, not not being not being done with one another. And if you do have a complaint, again, there's that requirement for sin. You've got a complaint. Someone has wronged you biblically. You're not just complaining. Uh, and if you're complaining about someone, no, you've got a complaint. They've done something. They've sinned against you. What did you do? If, so, if you've got a complaint against another, forgive them. Why? Why must we forgive them? Why is that commanded here for what the Colossians must do? What we must put on this forgiveness? Because he says, that's what the Lord has done for you. So since that's what the Lord has done for you, you must also do it for Others And here again, we see forgiving others is not just a suggestion. It is a command for all believers. If you have been forgiven, you must forgive. For a Christian not to forgive is a twofold hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy to ask for forgiveness when you won't forgive someone. There's hypocrisy to go to God and say, forgive me. If you're not forgiving about it, that's hypocrisy. Then we see now the other side of it, which is it's hypocrisy to not forgive others when you have been forgiven. So when we pray, Father, forgive us our debts, we've got to remember what responsibility comes with that. That's why we pray that second half, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Because we know if we've been forgiven, then we must forgive. So every time you pray, Father, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, remember, if you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. And remember, if you have been forgiven, you must forgive. The last one is is the scariest one that Jesus gives. This comes from Jesus. Not that that somehow makes it more biblical or... But if anyone wants to say, you know, just give me Jesus. I'll tell you what Jesus says. The last thing we're going to see is that the Bible tells us why is this so important? Because unforgiveness is damning. Unforgiveness 
is damning. Turn to Matthew 18. Matthew 18, this is a passage I had you guys read last night in sermon prep. Jesus just taught them uh, in Matthew 18 how to handle being sinned against. You know, and Peter, great guy that he is, comes up and says, how many times do I have to do that? Like, what if I do it seven times? Because who wants to say six times, right? Seven just seems better. Uh, what, what, what if I do it seven times? Is that, is that going to be enough? And what does Jesus say? No, not seven, but 77 times. And look at what it says. Uh, right after that, what Jesus says, beginning in verse 23 of Matthew 18. We'll read this whole section and, 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 and go from there. He says, therefore, the, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. If you remember, we went over this. This is 10,000 talents is the biggest amount of money times the biggest number in their language. So the, we, we translated it a bajillion. Just doesn't seem as magnanimous to say bajillion. Uh, owed him 10,000 talents, an innumerable sum. And since he could not pay, his, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife, his children, all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying... Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him. Have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to his jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly father, Jesus says, will do to every one of you if You do not forgive your brother from your heart. So again, we see this person person owes a a bajillion things to be forgiven, but but who who, who was forgiven for what he had owed, but who then had another servant, he wouldn't forgive them, that much smaller sum. And the person who doesn't forgive, and notice it, 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 it it doesn't say not forgive everyone who owes him, This is this person who won't forgive this one person who owed him. It doesn't say in this person who, who, you know, didn't for everyone owed him stuff and he didn't forgive any of them. This is just not even willing to forgive one person for owing him. We're going to see that next week even more. The person who refused, even that one person, that person is themselves. That wicked servant is now forced to face their full debt. They will be unforgiven 
which means they have to pay the full amount. That, that 10,000 talents, that bajillion in debt, they're gonna have, they will be in jail until that infinite debt is paid off. That infinite debt, of course, takes an infinite time to pay off. This is talking about this eternal destiny of damnation. And Jesus then looks to Peter and to the rest of the disciples and makes a very pointed comment to all of them. He says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you. And he might have pointed at Peter twice. I don't know. Do to every one of you. What? If you do not forgive your brother from your heart. If you do not forget, so Peter, how is important to forgive not just seven times, but 77 times anyone who owes anything against you? Peter, if you do not what I don't do what I've just said, my father, and I can't imagine Jesus, I mean, talk about clearing your debt book after looking him in the face and him saying this, my father, my heavenly father, will do that to you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. James warns it like this, James 2.13. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. If you remember back uh, in that, that passage, the master says, Should you not have had mercy, mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? You be merciful to those who owe you, those who are indebted to you. The master doesn't come back and say, he didn't owe you the hundred. He didn't owe you anything. Don't you understand? He only owed me. He doesn't say that. He owed you, but you did not have mercy on him so you will not have mercy from me you be merciful to those who owe you you will find mercy you show no mercy to those who owe you and you will be shown no mercy from the father of Jesus Christ so when you pray Father, forgive us our debts. You understand when you pray that, that if there is someone you refuse to forgive, that you can pray that prayer and see the commands of your Savior, and there yet be someone you refuse to forgive. Someone you might even say, oh, I've forgiven them seven times. I don't have to forgive them anymore. Someone you refuse to forgive. Someone you refuse to show mercy to. Then you will find your debt too unforgivable. You will find yourself damned. That's how important Christ says that forgiving others is. You cannot look at the words of Christ in the prayer. You cannot look at his words after the prayer. If you don't forgive, your heavenly father will not forgive you. You can't look at his words just a few days later in Matthew 18 and say, hey, if this is what the heavenly father, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart, 
I'm not even talking around going, hi, I have forgiven you. And, you know, just slapping a smile on your face and be like, isn't everything great now? And in your heart, you're like, you're the worst. I, I know what you did. You know, yeah. Jesus says, if you don't forgive your brother from your heart, your heavenly father. Which what he's implying is he is not your heavenly father. Because you will be showing whose father, who your father is. And so Christ comes to them and he doesn't say your father. He comes to them and says, if you don't forgive, my father will not forgive you. That's a scary thing. And one of the reasons that we must make double sure, if we're talking about forgiving others, you better not, let, you may, if you're even uncertain, if I've, if I've forgiven someone, if you think there's even a modicum of possibility you haven't forgiven someone for something, you better, you better plead with the Lord. Make sure I forgive them, and make sure I forgive them from my heart. How important is it to be a forgiving person? It comes, we see it in the, in the text, it comes naturally to a Christian You've got to forgive others in order to be forgiven. You've got to forgive others because you've been forgiven. You've got to forgive others or you will be damned. Sort of the climax of it all. So what do I do? What is the answer? If you want to be a more forgiving person, what do you do? The answer to all of these is the cross. The cross. So all, if you look at of all of these questions about forgiveness, the answer to forgiving others more is your own forgiveness. Look, look, at, look at what you're asking from God. You're asking God to forgive you. Can you not forgive others for what they've done? Well, then look to the cross. Look at what you are crying out for. Look at what your forgiveness costs. Look at the debt that you owed. Has this person done too much? Look at what your sin did. Look at what your forgiveness is going to cost the Father. (laughs) Do you think forgiving them is going to cost too much? It's going to cost some pride. Some pride that is already something you should want to get rid of before the fall comes. Look to the, you can't, you feel like you can't forgive? Look to the cross. What are you asking for from God? How can you not forgive them? When what they owe you is so much less than what you're asking for God to do to you. Look at, look at what, what was done for you. Can you not forgive? Remember all of your sin lifted up by Jesus for you. Carried on his body instead of yours. Can you, can you not even do a shadow of that? For whatever person... But can we not even just do a shadow? Just, you're not even doing that. You're just doing a shadow of what Christ has done. Can you not do that because of what he's done for you? Is it hard to forgive? Certainly it's hard to forgive. If we, if we said forgiveness wasn't hard, then the cross of Christ would not be amazing. It wouldn't be great. We wouldn't get to John three sixteen and say, oh, what amazing love that the Father would love us like this. That he would send his only begotten son. Oh, how amazing that is. That he would end up forgiving us. Oh, that's shocking. If forgiveness is nothing, forgiveness isn't hard, then the cross isn't a big deal. So certainly forgiving others is hard. And you could not do it on your own. But if Christ be in you, and if you have been forgiven your sins, then you can forgive and you must forgive anyone of anything. 
because of the cross. And lastly, look at what awaits you if you do not forgive. So the cross, look, look to the cross. Look to, if you can't forgive, look to the cross. Look what you're asking for. Look to the cross. Look what's been done for you. Look to the cross. And lastly, look at what awaits you if you won't forgive. I mean, self-preservation can be a great motivator. Jesus is assuming here in Matthew 18 that self-preservation is going to be a great motivator. That they're going to hear, my heavenly father is going to, going to do this to you if you won't forgive everyone. And they're going to go, I better make sure that I forgive. If you do not forgive, then the cross is not yours. If you, don't, if you do not bear away the burdens of others, then your burden will not be borne away. If what you give to others is their just judgment, what they deserve, then that is what will await you. If you show no mercy, then you will be shown no mercy. Look to the cross. Because if you do not forgive then Christ is not yours. And the one on the cross will be you. Let's pray. Let's just take a moment here and just cry out to God to search our hearts. I mean, we can't see this, this, this danger of forgiving others and the importance of doing it. And we don't, we don't want to just assume, well, I am sure that I have forgiven anybody of anything. Ask the Lord right now. Just pray from Mark eleven twenty five. Father, is there, it says, if you stand praying, forgive if anyone has done anything against you. So right now say, Father, is there anyone who's done anything against me that I have not forgiven them? And if there is, if someone comes to your mind, then Forgive them right now. Don't demand that their debt be paid. Don't demand that you get what you deserve. Show them mercy. Show them just a a speck of the mercy that has been shown to you. Show them just a, a jot of the forgiveness that has been shown to you. If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive we we must forgive because we have been forgiven so right now think about the cross that's what you're belittling when you refuse to forgive others that's what you're making small it feels as if you're doing the just thing it feels as if you're standing up for justice or whatever things they've got to be made right and they've got to no You're standing against the cross. You're standing against what your Savior has commanded you to do multiple times. There is no benevolence in what you do. There's no justice in what you do. So run to the cross and find forgiveness. And find in that forgiveness the strength, the power, and the reason that you must forgive anyone of anything. Father, we come to you right now, God, and we are, it is timidly that we come to you, as we, we should many times, Father. But we come to you confidently as well, because we know you are our Father. And one of the ways we can be confident that you are our Heavenly Father is, God, that we are forgiving others 
when they sin against us. That we're not holding their debt against them. That we are mirroring, mirroring you in our forgiveness of others. And so, Father, let these warnings, let these, let these uh, uh, dangerous statements, Father, let, let them drive us to be afraid and to guard our hearts and to check them and to investigate, to see, Father, if any sin be creeping and, and we've made an excuse for it. So search us, Father. If there be any wicked way, Father, we pray you would excise it by your word today. That this is why we've read this. We've read this today, God, not for condemnation to be heaped upon us. We've read this today so that you, by your spirit, may excise this lack of forgiveness from our hearts. Because if we be yours, Father, then right now hearing these words is causing us to cry out and say, Father, please cause me to forgive anybody, anything. If we be yours, then there is no prideful holding on to unforgiveness. If we are yours and we see your word, your spirit is plowing us to our knees and causing us to cry out and say, Father, help me forgive. I must forgive because I yearn to be forgiven. I must forgive because I have been forgiven. I must forgive because I am yours. I must forgive lest I be damned. And so fix our eyes on Christ so that we may see why we can and must forgive anyone, anything and help us to be a church that models forgiveness to a world that has never seen true forgiveness because forgiveness is impossible without Christ. So father help us to be that model of forgiving others, anything It is in Christ's name that we ask that you would do this for us. It is in the name of our King that we pray and we bow the knees of our hearts in obedience to him. Amen.